You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Oman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. Your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on! Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Ian Weinberger. Let's go! I feel like I have so many questions, but I also want to be cognizant of time and how many other subjects and things that you've been a part of. But what is it like being in the room where it happens, where you're teaching all of these new cast members for all the different ensembles, and especially having been with it since the public and being a part of something that's like so much bigger than like all of us? Mm. It's a very deep question. I, um, I, I, it's, it's, it's very intense, I think, in the in the moment. But but having this weekend, especially with the release and not being in the throes of it at the time, like just yeah. being purely as a sort of passive member of the audience, just as uh, just as much as everybody else, has been very fascinating to sort of reflect on. Oh wow, this is a relatively large thing that that I'm a part of. I think I cycle between when, when, when we're doing the show, I think I cycle between moments of real excitement, like, Oh shit, you know, there was a big, you know, Hamilton moment on the Fallon show or whatever, you know, and that's exciting. I, and I'm a part of that. Um, and there's also, um, moments of total blinders on, like, we just have a show to put on and I have no real concept of the enormity of it coupled with, um, feeling an intense, uh, responsibility to the piece. Um, and to take care of it because, you know, I'm lucky enough to now have a lot of institutional memory, which, um, is a factor of my having been there from, you know, that whole time. Like, I know that it's really important that, that they, that Lauren's saying, tell your sister that she's got to rise up. Cause I was there when he wrote it. Um, I was there when he changed it from what it used to be, which I have since forgotten. But like, you know, I, I know that like that little melisma in the vocal line is really important because he asked mm-hmm. for it specifically. Like little things like that stick with me and and yeah. 
and give me a real, like I said, responsibility to get it right and to make sure that it sounds the way it's supposed to. But I remember, you know, being very, very weirded out, I think, at first and surprised by the Hamilton mania that sort of swept the world. I expected the theater community to really love it. Like, I knew that it was a really good play. And I knew that, like, all my friends would love the album and they would reference some lyrics and we would all have a great time and watch it on the Tonys and, and that would be the end of it. And I remember so vividly uh, sitting in, like, a Pret-a-Manger on 8th Avenue and reading the New York Times magazine and there was a reference to Hamilton in the money column, which I do not read. But for whatever reason on that day, I was reading it. And there's a reference to the musical Hamilton. I'm like in the finance column in the New York Times magazine, they're talking about a musical that I'm working on around the corner. It's wow. very weird for me. Um, yeah. I don't know that I answered your question, but it's, it's, um, it cycles through that, that like an awareness that the world at large holds this show in very high regard and, and wants to talk about it a lot. And it's been interesting just this weekend, just to see what people are writing about it as fans and as critics and as people that are aware of the moment that we're living in now, at, which is very different than the last time the internet blew up about Hamilton, which was four years ago. And that's been just so interesting. And it, it is hard to fully remove yourself from working on the thing and just read what people write. It is hard not to like read it with that double lens. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. I love the answer that you gave. So it's, Okay, fair enough. So that yeah. And it is so true, right? Like, this is not a moment. It's a movement. And there are like, so many like, we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. Like, there's totally. so there's so many lines, even like yesterday, in the last two days, I've been really thinking of Burr's line, death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints with totally. Nick Cordero passing away. Like, what a good human who like touched so many lives why did he have to go all of these lines that maybe i've been listening to or that i've been singing whenever now when i hear it it's like oh like it just it hits a little differently sometimes especially you're absolutely right it's one of the things i've always loved the most about the piece is that the brilliance of the writing is such that it hits so differently depending on the moment that it's played in um which is true with with any piece of theater. One of my biggest mentors is a guy named David Chase, who's a Broadway arranger and music director. And he has taught me that, you know, that the one of the layers in which theater lands is the, is the time and place in which it's viewed. One of the things that's amazing about the writing of Hamilton is that Lynn could never have known how prescient he was being when he wrote certain things. But the point he was trying to make, as, as I've heard him say many times, is that the arguments and the topics and the decisions and the conversations that were being had in the late 18th century have always been the conversations that we've been having in this country, whether that's about racism, whether that's about women, immigrants, uh, guns, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, I have loved watching how the prism changes through which we're looking at it and how the, uh, how different things land different ways. You know, the line about women in the sequel on election night 2016 was a moment I'll never forget. Yeah. And, um, you know, had Disney Plus released this film three months ago, we would have watched it very differently. And um, it's it's a fascinating thing. And it just speaks to the nature of the country, I think, not to like make it too lofty, but it, it really points to the idea that at its core, many of the 
issues then are still the issues now, perhaps with a different twist or a different lens or right. obviously the rearview mirror history, which is what makes yeah. the piece so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I hear it, immigrants, we get the job done. Totally. Like raucous applause. It's so interesting too, like hearing the different companies, what gets noticed and is there anything that you've noticed either throughout time or with actually, I'm going to take this back a second. Like how many times have you actually sat in the audience either for a full run through that you got to see it when you weren't conducting or in some ways like working as a spy on the inside? Totally. I think three or four, maybe. Uh, opening night on Broadway. I took a long leave of absence last year. I was away from the show for six months. And like right before I came back, I sat in a seat and watched it then. When I saw it in London, I think that's it. And in my living room two nights ago. Um, <laughs> I, th I think that's it. Uh, I've sat in the audience many, many times and taken notes. Uh, and of course, like from the conductor's podium is honestly the best seat in the house. That's not really true. There are better seats in the house. But, but I've seen it, you know, I've seen a version of it in front of my face. I don't know, five, six, seven, eight hundred times. But to sit in a seat, not that many. Wow. Yeah. And being from Chicago, did you ever get a chance to see that company? You know what? I did sit in the audience in Chicago one time as well. So make that five. Yes, I, I did uh, a couple of times uh, come by through Chicago and we got to rehearse the band in Chicago about a, a year or so in. And I was here for that. And yeah. um, yes, they, they were an amazing, amazing bunch of people. And we've been lucky now to get a number of Chicago alumni now on Broadway who I've, who I've since gotten to know. It was an amazing company in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Being at One Last Chai was an experience. Mm. Never, you know, it's, and it's funny how like Hamilton has all of these things, right? Like Hamill film and One Last Chai and Hamill fan and Hamill fam. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> Listen, we love a pun in the Hamilton music department. And there are there are text threads that you would not believe going all the way back to like tech on Broadway five years ago this week. There was a whole thing about restaurants with Hamilton inspired names, which are probably not repeatable on the Internet, but um, it, it, they go very deep. That sounds phenomenal. It is fun to hear that y'all have so much fun, whether it's the whole group or uh, you and Kurt. We love Kurt Crowley so much. Like, what's that relationship like? Oh, Kurt, what a guy. I Yeah, I mean, it, it speaks very much to Alex and his, his awareness that he really wants to try to hire good people, mm. which is so confusing as to why he hired me. But I think, like... Uh, he really knows that the personal element of it is really important. And he knows that, you know, I found out years after I became the associate music director to Kurt as the music director. I found out years later that he asked Kurt it, who he wanted. And I was really the only other conductor at that time. I really was. That's not true. Our dear Mike Moyes was there as well. But that was kind of it, I think. And Kurt could have brought in anybody and he kept me, which is very sweet. And um, but he but Lack knew that it was Kurt who would have to work with this person every day, mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be entirely lax choice to make. He had sort of that awareness, which is, I think is so important for a leader and for um, somebody who, who manages people. But Kurt is, I, I've said it many, many times that I, I won the boss lottery with Kurt when, when I became his associate, because uh, we were in our music director and associate roles for about three years and change. And um, 
we've now known each other for five years since I joined the show. And um, he's become one of my closest, closest friends. And uh, we're in touch most days about one thing or another. And I was honestly very concerned that that would change when he left the show. And it turns out that it happened for many, many reasons. We're still very much in touch. And I was at his wedding and I adore him deeply. He's taught me so much and I've grown so much from learning from him. And he's, he's an amazing, amazing friend. Too bad he has no musical talent, though. It's a it's a real problem. Yes. I know. If only we could inject a little bit of talent into him, that's that right. would be that would be enough. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Um, I like can't help it. It's a reflex. I get it. I yeah. get it. It's so with like most shows. You know, the funny thing too is like I've always been doing this with hairspray and rent and wicked, sure. like you know whatnot. But I would make a reference and like no one would get it. Right. Yes. I would have to just. I'd have to carry on, and now that I do Hamilton references, people are like, hey, and I'm like, cool. So now it's like <laughs> trained in my brain, like, oh, so it's okay. I can just continue making every totally. reference. So working with the two of you, I love seeing those snobs. The oh Saturday yeah. night on Broadway. Totally. Hey, ready. Hey, ready. <laughs> How do those processes go of like writing them and recording them? And especially, I know y'all just did the last one for the time being, but transferring that from being at the actual Richard Rogers to doing them at home and getting so many people involved, that looked amazing and difficult. It was all of those things. And thank you for saying so. I'm glad you enjoyed them. It, it, the, the, the snob tradition started actually all the way back in Heights and was a was always just a backstage kind of thing just for the uh, cast and the crew and the orchestra backstage just over the, like the PA that was run by the stage manager uh, at the five minute call on the Saturday night shows. And that was really all it was, it was just something for the company, just as like something to lift us into the Saturday night show. And when Alex started at Hamilton as the conductor, he sort of like brought the Saturday night Broadway tradition from there because it was the same stage manager and so on. Anyway, Lack leaves the show and now Kurt and I felt like we had to carry that on it became a little bit of a life of its own. And pretty soon we knew that reflexively, you know, like Wednesday or Thursday rolls around and we're like, we have to come up with something. And that I think is one of the things that actually brought Kurt and I even closer together because we always had to sort of collaborate on something every week just to write a little something that gets heard by nobody except for our friends and colleagues at the theater. But it really challenged us to like come up with something quick and funny and stupid weekly. And we had to, do something outside of work together, which was really fun and sort of like, I think was one of the main catalysts of our friendship. And so when the shutdown happened, at first I knew that, because uh, the shutdown uh, happened on a Thursday. So our last show was on a Wednesday night. And so Thursday happens and everybody's totally like taken by what's going on. And there's a lot to process and Friday happens. And now it's Friday afternoon. And I sort of thought to myself, well, I should write a snob for Saturday because we're so used to having them on Saturdays. And so yeah. I just did one like with my phone, just like at the piano and I like sang to the company and we like emailed it out. Shortly thereafter, it became clear that we should keep it going. And the longer the shutdown went on, the more involved they became until they, you know, we started to rope in actors from the company and then we started to rope in musicians from the orchestra and so on. And uh, they took on very much a life of their own. And we don't pretend to be video or really even audio production experts, but we had some amazing help uh, to put them together. Justin Rathbun, who's our mixer at the show uh, eight times a week, started diving in to like mix them beautifully and do all the audio editing for us on the big ones, especially. 
Um, yeah. And actually, my aforementioned sister, who's now a uh, comedian and filmmaker, she she did all the editing on this last one, the, the Stars and Stripes thing. So she, we, we brought in the big guns for, for, yeah. for this last one. But because they got so involved in this era of remote working, as I'm sure all of us in this call have discovered in some form or another, everything just takes longer because you can't just like be in the room to like teach somebody something. You have to like make a demo and then send them the demo and then they send you the video back and the audio back. It just like takes forever. And um, they started to become like four day affairs to put together the the work. And we loved doing it because it gave us such a high and like a fun little quarantine project. But Mm -hmm. I used to joke with Kurt, like, remember when we did these in 15 minutes backstage right before the thing? So that is why we decided to like take a a summer break, take our break. And um, so that's that's where we are at this moment. But they were really fun to do. And look, the the whole point of them always was to lift up the company and feel connected to the folks that we no longer see every day and uh, who we miss very much. And if other people get a rise out of them, that is awesome and that's a that's a wonderful bonus but um i was thrilled to see that the the folks at the show were enjoying them so much too that made me really happy and that's such a nice thing to hear too that the intention was for the cast members and for that family and i feel like that adds that extra love that something done for the fans is wonderful but there's almost like a different expectation whereas if it's done for the inside and then everyone else is privy to it as a like positive result it's like totally. oh, that's why they feel so natural i think you're absolutely right and like Look, I love, I love the positive response we've gotten on the ones that we've shared publicly. It makes me really happy and I'm thrilled that, that people have loved it so much. But it, there's so much in it that's inside baseball. And many of the ones that we don't share are really just for that reason, that it's just like so inside jokey that like no one will get this if you're not there. But, you know, something that even makes me think of the one we just did for the Stars and Stripes for July 4th. There's a moment like near the end where we um, cut really quickly on a guy who's just clapping uh, and he just like claps twice and that's the end of it if you don't know now you know that that's Kion Hersey who was our music assistant on Broadway and at the public and he his job he was so intensely involved in the building of the show and he basically finished on opening night was his last day of work and so we're still very much in touch and we have our like dep- music department you know group thread and we're we see him when he comes to town and so on but we wanted to involve him and Madeline Myers who's seen in the video playing piano who's our other music assistant from Broadway like we wanted to involve so much of the original Broadway music family as we could, even if like I've seen in some of the like Instagram comments, like who's that guy just clapping and like, that's fine. And he loves it. He's like, that's my finest work. Um, yeah. but, uh, but we know who that is because yeah. he was so much a part of the fabric of, of building the score and building the show. And we miss him terribly. And so I'm thrilled that people are getting a kick out of it, even without that context. Yes, yes, for sure. So I have one last Hamilton question, and then we'll switch on over to FLS for a few minutes. Are there any like little Easter eggs that people watching the show now on Disney Plus for either the first, second, 50th time to kind of keep an eye out for? This is good. This is good. So I've only seen it once, the, the film all the way through. I, I, I saw it in pieces, during editing but that was years ago and so i'm trying to think of like what i'm allowed to share (laughs) um uh, 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 i think the the things to look out for and are the things that was most interesting about this that my sister pointed out when we were watching it is that people can really hone in on choreography now now that they can watch it multiple times and of course there's andy's 
work is so brilliant and really makes the show in so many ways. And I think one of the things to look out for is how many of the choreography steps are repeated throughout the evening. There's a few in particular that I can think of that come forward, that, that, that repeat over the course of the evening and share like a common thread as they go. One of my favorites, and it's on my brain because my sister and I were talking about it, is uh, something to look out for in, is, uh, in Washington on your side. After a dissident, dissident, this is good as that, this kid is out. Oh, the, all that stuff. Oh, a Southern mother, Republicans, that, mo- that moment. And then they start walking downstage, the three of them, and there's a whole ensemble behind them. And they do this like amazing step back, stand up moment, which is this amazing step that I've always loved. And that step gets repeated again in the finale, right at the very end of the show. And what's cool is that there's all this meaning about uh, why the step happens in this way once and then in this way the other time and like what, what the thread is there. So there's all sorts of little, little moments like that to keep an eye out for now that you can see it a lot of times in addition to hearing it a lot of times. Of course, on one viewing, you see a lot of it and it's so much to take in. But now that you can repeat you, you're like, oh, I recognize that. That's wow. my answer. I love that. That's so interesting. Now I'm going to keep an eye out for it. The only other one that I've heard kind of like explode recently is the bullet and like how Mm. John Lawrence like puts his hand in front of Ariana DeBose so that she has like a break between her and Lynn. I was like, what? I've never known this. Wow. Right. I I keep, I told you, I've seen it, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred times and I still see new shit in it every day. It's really amazing. Can I swear on this? It's the internet. I don't know. It's the internet. Why not? We're not, we're live, but we're not live to, you know, network televisions. NPR. Yes. Great. (laughs) Good that we were. Yes. Speaking of Um, which, I heard Lynn's uh, uh, interview on Terry Gross the other day, which is so good. He's been on the show, you know, however many thousand times before, but he has a new interview with her that's current about the release of the film and the moment that we're in. Plug for that interview. Very, very good. Excellent. Thank you for the plug. And I also want to take a a quick note and say you're really good at like lifting up your friends and your sister and giving credit. Mm. And I think that's really great. So great job. Thanks, Joe. High five. Anytime, Ian. So with the few minutes we have left, it would be crazy for me not to talk about seeing you in FLS and just like, how did you get involved in that journey? FLS is, is, is a dream come true, truly. Freestyle of Supreme, for those who are not yet familiar, I was vaguely aware of Freestyle of Supreme. I'd seen one show of theirs years ago. I was brought in along with Kurt on the same day in February of 2019, last year, during the Off-Broadway run. It was previews, Off-Broadway. It was an emergency call. I had had a conversation with Tommy Kale who is the director of both shows, Hamilton and Freestyle Supreme. And for those, you know, for the, for the people who don't know, <laughs> now you know, and um, uh, he, so uh, he had, whatever, he had offhandedly said to me, this is months before, yeah, we're doing this thing with Freestyle Supreme and like, we'd love to bring you down and bring Kurt down and like, come and jam with us. And like, do you do that? Do you improv? And I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, great. So, you know, we'll talk about that. And I heard nothing else. And I was like, okay, that's never happening. I'm never playing with Freestyle of Supreme because... Those people are like the it crowd and amazing, amazing, brilliant people. I'm like, I'll never touch that with a 10 foot pole, which is also how I felt about Hamilton. Go figure. So um, I got a text on a Friday night in February. Hey, Ian, um, you might uh, have heard that we might contact you. This is the management now of, of Freestyle Supreme. And are you available to do the show tomorrow at six and 10? Uh, and I had, I hadn't, I had seen one show years earlier. I was like, I, I guess I'm available. I could, I remember saying I could do the six o'clock, 
but not the 10 o'clock because I'm supposed to conduct Hamilton at eight o'clock. So no. Anyway, um, they sent me video from the like last three performances that they had had because it was going to be like the fourth preview or something like that, like Dropbox video. I sat up overnight with my sister who was staying with me or something. And um, we watched those shows over and over and over again all night. And I watched it all day. And then I went and like did the show. I had met Shockwave before because he uh, had come to Hamilton to do a beatboxing workshop with the people that beatbox in the show with the Elizas and the guys at the beginning. So I met Shockwave. But the others were strangers to me. I like I met them all that afternoon right there in the in the green room. We had about a 15 minute rehearsal on stage to like try to do something and try to play something together. And I, I had just met Arthur and now we have to like play a show together. It was a thrilling, dangerous, really exciting moment. And I remember Kurt finished the matinee that he was conducting. I had taken the matinee off already, luckily. Kurt finished the matinee, came down and watched me do the six o'clock. And then I left the stage of the theater at like 718, changed my clothes, got on the subway, arrived at the Richard Rogers at 751 and conducted the eight o'clock show. And my brain exploded. And meanwhile, Kurt stayed down there to do the 10 o'clock show, which is so unfair. And I would say this to his face because he had the chance to watch it. And then do it. I'm furious with him. Uh, and so then I came back like two days later and started doing more and more. And then I got to play opening, which was amazing. And uh, then flash forward to um, uh, the Kennedy Center uh, and then Broadway. And uh, Kurt and I got to stay a part of the family, which was amazing. And FLS is, is truly one of my maybe the most unbelievable thing I've ever done. I love it so much. It fills my heart so deeply. And um, it's something that is never old because of obviously just by the content of it, but there's no chance to get complacent in it ever. It, it, it is the most dangerous thing that I've ever done. And like, you have to stay on your toes so deeply to, to contribute to it in a meaningful way. I miss those guys so much. I it's, crazy to me how quickly they became family you know I, I met them and like did a show with them in the same hour and uh very quickly it, it it was uh they to their credit i have to say that's a group of people that had been together for a decade longer than that at that time right and they'd had a couple of new members come in ukars joined the group and james joined the group and jelly joined the group and ashley joined the group and that's like kind of it. I'm probably forgetting somebody. And um, other than that, it's like Kayla Broadway. But they, but they hadn't yet when when I joined. Right. And so, oh, so you're like and, that middle, yeah. Right. And so they hadn't had a new member in years, in probably I don't know four, five, six years before Kurt and I. Oh, wow. And to their unbelievable credit, they were so welcoming. And not only were they so welcoming, they were. I said this to them. They were so quick to say, yeah, do it, do take it, do whatever you want. This is yours too. As opposed to here's the rules and only play in B flat and watch me for the changes and don't fuck up. Um, they were like, Arthur especially just like handed me the keys on the first day. And I am so grateful for that. And it just points to their hearts and their knowledge that it only works FLS, if everyone's got an equal stake in it, yeah. right? If one person's the leader and you follow that person, I think it's false. And of course there's a host, right? That That's different. But like, 
I, I was so amazed by that, that there weren't more rules. I feel like on that first day, I kept asking people, was, was that okay? Like, did, did I do it right? And they were like, yeah, it was, it was great. Keep, keep it up, keep it up. Anyway, I, I miss it so much. I, I was lying awake at night, not sleeping, thinking about FLS and how much I miss them. Aww. And, um, you know, but we have, a, we have a movie coming soon. Yes, it, you it, do. It, if you haven't heard, which I'm barely in. Do not watch this movie for me or you'll be sorely disappointed. But it's it's really an amazing, amazing thing. It comes out a week from Friday on Hulu. And um, is that right? Friday? Yes, Friday. And seventeenth, uh, yeah, we are. Yeah. It's just some. It's it's a really beautiful film. And what's amazing about it, I'm not going to spoil things. Uh, the boat sinks. Is that um, the uh, <laughs> it's a Titanic joke? The um, Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Never seen that movie. But the what's amazing is that there's all this footage from decades ago from a year from 13 14 years ago and you see this group of friends who has like no idea what's about to happen to them and it's a it's an amazing portrait of this group of people that are enormously close and how they grow over time it's a story about friends who rap and are idiots that's a great plug for, for what we're about to yeah, do. I, I might get fired for that, but I don't think I will. I think they'll wear that proudly. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. And it actually, we were talking about when to schedule this, and it kind of worked out perfectly that Hamilton just came out and Freestyle of Supreme is coming out next week. And you have such a hand in like both of those now mm. from Broadway. And, and that's really cool. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And just two quick points, because I'm going to let you go, but I have to let you know that Anna Spikerman and I saw you in Freestyle Love Supreme probably like numerous times. But there's this one time that Anthony Two Touch was like doing his intro speech or whatever. And you're just playing Dear Evan Hansen and In the Heights and Hamilton and just these like melodies in the background, almost like subtly that if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't notice it. And we're just like grinning because it was so much fun to have someone else who loves Broadway as much as we do. And now knowing that you had that hand in Dear Evan Hansen, which I didn't know, that adds like that extra cool layer. So that's awesome. It's, that's very sweet. It's funny because like waving through the window is like the one thing that I just like remember from that workshop. Like I'm, I'm sure like the rest of it would come to me a little bit, but like yeah. boo, 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 that, that little lick, like I remember like practicing the shit out of that lick because I'm like, this is awesome. And yeah. so like reflexively, like my hands just go there because I remember it so vividly. Yeah. But it's funny because... You know, Kurt, by the way, is the real master of just like picking a tune from thin air. And I'm like, how did you know the like whatever of the whatever? He's like, I don't know. And 
but he's the, the real master. But it's funny because I've said so many times that I have so little memory of what happens in a freestyle of Supreme show because like you're yeah. so in it, it like happens and then it's gone. And so whenever somebody says to me, I remember this one freestyle of Supreme show, I get so terrified because like, I have no idea what you're about to say. Yeah. It could be so mortifying. And so thank you for not embarrassing me too deeply. Although you said you have something else to say. So now I'm nervous again. No, and then no. I have something I want to say too, but you keep going. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, when you said that Arthur handed you the keys, it's kind of a double oh. because also the keys. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like he had, it's true. Like he, like he uh, is a plural geniuses, not just genius. Exactly. That's right. It works on two levels. Yes. And so um, what did you have to say? Can I, can I like totally left turn for one second? Please do. I, I'm reminded that my, my pal Kaylee, who probably left half an hour ago, as soon as I started like rambling about Hamilton, I, I wanted to talk about what she and I have worked together because there's one more thread of like the Lynn story, um, which, which is that the Hamilton thing, the freestyle of Supreme thing. And then Kaylee, a dear friend from college days, um, works at uh, Disney theatrical and she hired me to work on the junior stage adaptation of Moana, which was the coolest, coolest experience. And I learned so much from it. And it's, uh, it was a real, real chance to stretch my arranging muscles, but also to like try to take what I had learned from a couple of years now on Hamilton and a little bit of freestyle Supreme uh, by that time. And just sort of like see what I had learned about the Lynn sound, which is what she said to me when she hired me. She said like, you, you sort of like are familiar now with like what Lynn looks for, which is, I hope a little bit true. Um, and the Linniverse. The Linniverse. And I, uh, I learned so much on that experience and it's been fun for me to sort of like keep tabs on, sort of different Lynn Miranda pots. Is that a thing to say? I doubt it. Um, but, but she's awesome. And I learned so much from that time and I had the best time doing it. And it's now available coming to a middle school near you, Moana Jr. Wow. And I look at now that I'm down this road, I now remember at the risk of, at the risk of totally blowing this out of proportion. There was one day last year when I worked on, oh, thank you, Kaylee. Your work is brilliant too. Um, uh, she's the best there is. There was one day in 2019 when I worked on four Lynn Miranda projects in the same day. I, I did the FLS show at night. I did a Hamilton rehearsal. I think I like had a Moana meeting and I did a little work on Fosse Verdon in the afternoon. It was, I, I think I wrote him some opening night card that I was like, I, sooner or later, I know you're going to fire me. So I'm just, I'm just taking advantage of you while I can. Anyway, it, it was a, that was a crazy day. But anyway, that, that's my Moana tangent because I remembered Kaylee's shout out from earlier. End of story. That's a great tangent. And thank you for, for sharing. Yeah, I, it's so cool how the Linniverse, if we're going to go with that, like especially with that and then in the Heights movie, hearing with Kurt Crowley would like go over there. And I, I can't imagine how many times that like you or JMI would do FLS, especially when it was through the alleyway. You'd like, oh, hey, I'm just going to like do a matinee of Hamilton, do it an FLS and then like go back to Hamilton. Cool. Oh, and maybe I'll like catch the last song at FLS. <laughs> you have no idea. The, there were some, it was the three show days that got me was doing the like Sunday matinee of Hamilton and then seven and 10 at Free Solo Supreme excuse me, which I did a few times. And those were long days, but really, really fun. And like, you know, not to sappy it up for a second, but like, we're all so lucky that they keep their families so close. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm so grateful for that. And 
you know, look, you find someone like Kurt Crowley, you try to use him as often as you can. And the benefit of it is that we all get to learn so much about each other. Like mm-hmm. Kurt now, especially, and I'm still learning so much of this, but Kurt knows like exactly what Alex wants, like has no hesitation about like, yeah, I think this is the answer. Or in fact, I know this is the answer because Lack would want it to sound like this or Lynn would want it to sound like this. It's just something that you learn over, over time. And I'm grateful to be in that universe. Um, it's, it's a special group of people. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So I was going to talk about this upcoming Chicago thing you're working on. Are you still doing, I wrote this down. What am I working on? Of my success. Are you still working on that? So funny. I was, uh, the secret of my success happened in, in, in January and February. Um, what is time? It's so funny. I was on a call this morning with the director of that piece, Gordon Greenberg. And uh, uh, that that show happened here at, in Aurora, which is like, I don't know, two hours that way or hour or four hours. What is time? Um, at the Paramount <laughs> Theater. There was a, a run of that show that opened in February and then it got sh- cut short by the pandemic. Um, it, it closed in March like everything else did. Uh, it's an awesome little musical, big musical actually, by um, by these amazing composers, Mike Mahler and Alan Schmuckler, who are also Northwestern people who I look up to so deeply. And I was so excited to work on that show. So we hope that there is a future life for it. I had the best time doing it. It's a kick-ass score that I hope all of you get to hear sometime because I loved it so much. So stay tuned. Yes. Based on a movie that I also have not seen. (laughs) You still haven't seen it? (laughs) No, no. It stars Michael J. Fox. It's from 87 or 88 or something. Never seen it. Yeah, amazing. So is there anything else that you came into today wanting to make sure to share with everyone? Well, I really wanted to talk about swap outs. So I'm glad we got to do that. That was really important for me. Uh, look, I'm, I'm thrilled that the movie, the Hamilton movie is, is getting such a, a play this weekend. That makes me happy. And I'm really excited for people to see the FLS movie. You know, I think none of us know what the future of, of the arts are, especially the future of theater. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything like special or profound to say about it, but you know, I think we all miss it terribly and we'll all be here be here really eager to to come back to it when it's safe to do so and none of us have any idea when that's going to be but i think now we know in a way that we didn't know when we shut down that it's it's going to be a while and that a lot has to happen in terms of safety before we can do that and i'm hopeful that the world hasn't changed so much that there is no longer an appetite for live theater i am hopeful that things come back in a way that that we want to be in the same room and we're not scared to be in the same room anymore and we can tell stories to each other i think like the difference between watching Hamilton at home in your living room in your PJs and watching Hamilton in a real theater, there are many differences. But like, as we were sort of talking about earlier, David Chase taught me that like, what makes theater the unique art form that it is, is that everybody comes into the room and the same room and shares it together on the same night, which is all the more important and special for something like Freestyle of Supreme, where like you come back the next night and you don't see the same thing. But even if you do, you know, you see the same words in music when you see Hamilton on Thursday or Friday, but it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's not the same experience. And maybe that's because there was something major that happened in the world on Friday that the person next to you knows about, or maybe that something happened in your life on Friday or what you had for lunch. I don't know. I'm making shit up, but like it, theater is about uh, bringing people together in the same room and sharing something that will never be repeated and which the movie is not. And so the movie is like an amazing way to like tide us over, which is why I'm so glad they're releasing it now. Yeah. The release. 
but it's not the real thing. Beautifully said. Yes. I I don't know. No, it's true. It is true because I having seen it a bunch of times and then seeing this like magical production that like fills that like puzzle piece of mine of like getting to see most of the original cast. It just makes me want to go back and see it again because so much of it is also like Tommy's decision of like, when do we go tight shot? When do we go wide shot? And sometimes it's fun in the audience to be able to sit back and like let your eyes wander and decide what to see. I'll never forget the feeling of seeing it in London and we were dead center, like front three rows. And in my shot, when the founding fathers, when they just like rush the center and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my, oh my goodness. The emotions were just like, I wasn't ready for this. It was like this totally. empowering thing. So I could never imagine not wanting that experience live because a movie is amazing and it lives on forever. And it means that people can see it who might not be able to afford it or be able to go or it gives it more access. So like, I am so, so thrilled for like a million or 96,000 reasons. (laughs) She's still got it. (laughs) Where can people find you? And are there any nonprofits or charities that you want to make sure people hear about? Oh, shit. I love that question. I'm so glad you asked. We, uh, the Hamilton music directors, all of us in the United States, the, the five music directors of the five companies of Hamilton, we started plugging an organization that's called Hip Hop for Change, um, which is incredible. They're based on the West Coast and doing this amazing work teaching hip hop as a legitimate art form, um, as opposed to something that is like just sung by angry people about cars and women and money. Um, it's And they teach it, uh, at, like I said, as an art form, both in terms of poetry and performance but also like graffiti and uh, breakdancing and like all the culture that surrounds it and trying to like legitimize it as something that can actually be studied now that there's, you know, 30, 40 years of history of, of hip hop, which is awesome. So that's hip hop for change, which um, we've all backed and tried to like raise some awareness about. So check them out. Where can you find me? I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I've never been on Twitter. I'm scared of Twitter. But on Instagram, it's Instagram. Instagram I am, like Sam I am. Which is a whole story because I wanted e-Instagram, but e-Instagram was already taken. And I didn't like to talk about it. So it's e-Instagram I am. It's a sore spot. Don't like to talk about it. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And cool. Yeah, that, that's a great, great thing. And y'all can find me at B-Way Show, as you can see across this entire banner. B-Way Show. B-W-A-Y-S-H-O. And the show must go online continues. We've got Sean Zuni tomorrow, the Broadway Makers Alliance. Yes, big fan, Sean Zuni. And then Broadway Makers Alliance on Thursday. Friday is Chelsea Hill, who designed this B-Way Show logo and is working with me on something else that's super exciting. So just you wait. Then we have Freestyle Love Supreme Cream Cream Week next week. So stay tuned for that. Please. I love it. We're starting off in Hadestown with Joelle Blackman on Monday. And then it's Tuesday. Let's see if I can remember the order, though. It's on my website. So if I mix up the days, it is what it is. Anissa Folds, Tuesday. Wednesday. I know. The best. Wednesday, Bill Sherman. And then... I know. Mm, I love that picture of you, by the way. I hope you enjoyed that. I that I posted it, or you like yeah, yeah. wrote over. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So good. And then Thursday, Andrew Jelly Donut. So that's who we have coming up. Join us here. It's every day at 
two o'clock our time here on the West Coast, and then five o'clock on the East Coast, where most of the friends are watching from. So thank you for watching. Wait, so can I jump in for one more second? Please do. Can I tell the quickest Sean Zuni story and the quickest Bill Sherman story? I would love it if you did. This is so fast. I'm going to be really quick because all of you are like, get me out of this interview. Here we go. So Sean Zuni learned, uh, what, 37 tracks in Hamilton or something like that because he covered everybody. Burr, Washington, Madison, uh, all the things. And I remember teaching him Mulligan. He was also in the ensemble. So I remember teaching him Mulligan, which is like his fourth track or maybe even fifth that he was learning. And his brain was like exploding as we went through this stuff. Quick note. Um, Sean goes by day, so I would just... As yes, thank you, this. thank you, thank you. You're absolutely right. Thank you for the, for the catch. Um, and we were going through the thing, and I remember, like, watching the brains melt as, as, as it went on, understandably, because there were 12 versions of the show in here, right? And I remember getting to Guns and Chips and teaching Mulligan, and, and I remember saying, okay, so Mulligan is exactly the same as Man 6, as the nose from the ensemble. It's exactly the same stuff, nothing new to learn. And there's a long pause. And they said, that is so lit. (laughs) Okay, and then very quickly, Bill Sherman, on the February 2nd, my first show with Freestyle of Supreme, calls me on the phone and I'm like desperate for information. Like I said earlier, I'm like trying to know like what is the right way to play Freestyle of Supreme? I'm like, what are the answers? What are the chords you use? What do you do? I'm like freaking out at him over the phone. It's like 10 minutes till showtime. And Bill Sherman says to me, look, I can smell him like rolling his eyes through the phone. And you can tell him I said that. Look, when it's happy, play in major keys. When it's sad, play in minor keys. This isn't fucking brain surgery. Have a good show. It was amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you interjected with both of those two stories. I will most certainly bring them up. (laughs) Please, please, please. Yes. And if y'all, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but one of the fun things we did, we had a show trions Hamilton viewing party. Show trions are the B-Way show Patreons who are awesome and support me. And y'all are amazing. And we have monthly video chats. So if that's something that you're like, whoa, that sounds pretty cool. Y'all can head over to patreon.com slash B-Way show and join up. And a super easy thing you can do is subscribe to this B-Way Show YouTube channel and press like, please and thank you. Spread the word, spread the love. <laughs> on that note, I always like to end on that fun little plug. We love you a plug. You are amazing. You are. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for watching. There's probably four people left because I've talked for so long. But thank you for, for, for being there. And thank you for, for, for having me on. This has been so much fun. Feelings are very much mutual. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Well, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the 12th episode of B-Way Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. I hope you enjoyed Shonika and happy holidays to you and your loved ones. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon, for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, and Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva, for the cool cover art. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtreon. Head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We do weekly trivia and monthly video chats. It's a fun time. Come check it out. We don't know the future of live theater or when Broadway will be back, but we do know it's on all of us to get through this pandemic. Wear a mask, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. We'll see you at the show.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.